one. Welcome everyone to Sit, Start, Drink, a fantasy football podcast where four average friends with above average knowledge of fantasy football update you on the key points you need to get your team those W's. My name is Eric, and with me are my co-hosts and good friends, Neezy, Kaz, and Cam. This is a beer review show where we mostly talk about fantasy football, and today's beer is Jam Up the Mash, a dry hop sour by Collective Arts Brewing. So without further ado, let's sit, start, drink. So let's start out with a recap of the games yesterday. Uh, this is week 10, and uh, what a weird week for fantasy football. Uh, real slow-paced. It's a long shot, but let's start with uh, Indiana, Tennessee. At least with a shallow bench, can you drop JT right now? I don't think you could commit to that, especially where he was drafted at. I feel you. Like I know how late we are into the season, but I think you still have to hold on to hope. Yeah, I think, I think it's way too muddy back there. Um, you know, it, it's whoever has the hottest hand, they're going to roll with it. And if it's JT and he rolls for, you know, crushing three weeks in a row, you're going to be mad that you did it. I still think he's in flex territory, but I like would not start him unless you don't have another option. Yeah, that's about where I'm at. Well, the allure to him before was that he was part of the pass game, and he's really not even part of it like that anymore. He only gets two receptions this game, and even with Indianapolis like throwing the ball around, spreading the ball around, different fantasy stud all every week, he's not getting any of the love anymore. No, I think Neam Hines is the go-to on the pass game. Um, you know, he he definitely you know he had his his trial for that, and it. Didn't work out. Neem Hines is the speed series awesome, and he's going to keep doing what he's doing. Uh, Michael Pittman, he might be the wide receiver that you're you're looking out for these days. He's he's seen at least seven targets in the last two weeks, and I think that continues to trend. I I still think you kind of stay away from him. I I mean, if I just don't trust the Colts receiving, he's spreading it out way too thin. He has like eight different guys. He gets one completion to each game. Yeah. Is this the same A.J. Brown that we saw last week? I don't believe so. <laughs> no, no, no A.J. Brown this week. He was nowhere to be found. It's disappointing. Uh, but the thing is, is no one on the team really had more than three receptions except for Corey Davis. So he wasn't alone in having such a bad night. That is tough against the Colts D, though. They are the best team in the league. This is the second week in a row that they've looked poor as a, an entire offense, though. I think Derrick Henry was the only shining light here. As yeah, I think, I mean, let's look at, like, the whole offense as a whole and not cast any judgment on it. The highest point total, I mean, what was that? Derrick Henry with almost 12 points in PPR. So, yeah, I, I would not press the panic button on this one. Uh, you know, don't overthink it and just wait for next week. Yeah, I think it's more just a case of the Colts' defense being as good as they are than the Titans' offense being bad. We'll keep an eye yeah, let's on jump it into the, uh, Yeah, Yeah, let's jump into the Indiana-Tennessee. I mean, uh, the Houston-Cleveland game. Well, this was a rainy one. The whole game got delayed. Uh, it was windy. It was rainy. Extra points were getting missed. Um it was just a low-scoring game. Deshaun did pretty well. I think he, he kind of uh, did what he could with what he had. And uh, Nick Chubb kind of – he got in the end zone. 
Uh, there's a true 50-50 kind of starting to develop with him and Kareem Hunt. They each got 19 carries this week. I mean, you can take away from Nick Chubb, too. He should have had another touchdown, but he was playing for the game, not for his fantasy owners. He stepped out of bounds at the last second to stop the clock so they can I think you got to drop him. You got to drop him. (laughs) It's It's disappointing. No, no. Honestly, the the lightning situation is that for all of the Kareem Hunt owners out there, uh, it's not a Nick Chubb show. It is a true 50-50 split. And, you know, you're going to have better games for Kareem Hunt. I wouldn't say that, you know, you're sad now that he's back. He's going to be fine. No, and the good thing about it is Chubb, I think he gets more carries week to week, but Kareem Hunt had four targets to Chubb's one. So I think that will be the make or break. I. The touchdowns are going to change who is the better each week, but I still think they're both RB1, borderline RB1s each week. Uh, So, Farrell Brown, I think he's probably the wide receiver you want from the Texans going forward, right? Farrell Brown. So, yeah, Brandon Cooks he's he's didn't really have a big game. Uh, Farrell Brown was the one who came down with the touchdown. Uh, just keep playing your Texans wide receivers. If you they were both targeted eight times, which is decent. Uh, Cooks had six receptions. Fuller had five. Uh, both very low on the yards. He only threw one touchdown pass, and like you said, it went to Brown. I wouldn't. There's no really issue with either receiver, but the issue is is definitely with Duke Johnson. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Even with David Johnson out, he just couldn't really do it. Yeah, I think that everyone who was expecting him to burst out and be this RB1, and I mean, again, though, this was a weird week in fantasy football, so you know, don't just go and freak out immediately, but that was definitely worrisome. Um, he's, he's not what we thought he'd be. You, Cleveland is a top ten rush defense, though you can't. They're currently ranked eighth, only allowing 104 yards a game. He's about half of that, which is also a little bit disappointing because with the weather the way it was, it did kind of devolve into more of a rushing game. So, I'm not entirely sure what's going on with him. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I. Uh... I mean, one thing to look at is I think the Browns are a very good defense going forward. They have one of the best fantasy playoff matchups, especially week 14 or week 15 and 16. So if you could stash them, I would grab them right now. They're available in a decent amount of leagues. They're pretty soft to the pass, though. So be careful if any of the games they have rest of the season are uh, against good passing offenses. All right, let's jump into the uh, Washington and Detroit game. So Gibson, Antonio Gibson is probably the best thing to come out of this game. It's it's him or De- DeAndre Swift. It was a, a really good running battle, and uh, I like both of those guys. Uh, one thing I think you're looking at Gibson is the touchdowns, though. He wasn't good. He carried 13 times for 45 yards. He got the touchdowns, which was great, but that was it. He had four catches for 20 yards. He caught all his targets, which is a plus side, but that's horrible running. That's three, 3.5 yards per carry. 
Yeah, I mean, you're, but in fantasy, there are a lot of guys that are touchdown dependent, and that I mean, you start them because of that. Like, look at Neem Hines. You know, he's a guy that you know we can talk good about, but at the same time, without touchdowns, he is nobody. And like, you hate that you started him because his floor is zero. But with Antonio Gibson, he has a touchdown in six of his nine games. That is a 66% conversion rate. I mean, the only thing that I look at it is I don't like the efficiency, but they were at a different game script. I mean, they were going to the half down 17-3. So they almost ended up coming back winning. It was a pass-heavy offense after that. I mean, Alex Smith threw 55 passes to Matt Stafford's 33. Alex Smith is looking fine. We said he was going to look fine uh, going forward. I think he's just going to continue to be good. They're uh, they're a contender in these games. I'm not sure that they're a playoff contender, but they're definitely a contender in these games. Yeah, I think that you know, there's some there's some offensive weapons on this team that make your team a playoff team as well. I mean, Terry McLaurin, um, obviously, and you know, McKissick seems to be. <laughs> He's scoring. So, on on the other side of the ball, Marvin Jones. He's uh, he's Stafford's favorite, and I think that if you look at the past three weeks and most of the season, he's a real fantasy threat. You probably should keep an eye on him going forward. Yeah, Jones is a guy that I felt like was going to do terrible um, without his counterpart out there, but. You know, first game back he did, but this game, you know, there was a huge touchdown, and I think that that huge touchdown had a lot to do with his points. But at the same time, he is still a stud. So, Marvin Jones well, is good. Yeah, I think he, he had a, packaged those big touchdowns into his value. He had a very slow start, and time to fantasy start. managers that are still holding on to him are really reaping the benefits. I know a lot of people dropped him, but he's definitely on a good uptick right now. Yeah, so if he is out on the waiver wire, look for him. Uh, let's jump on to the Jacksonville-Green Bay game. Almost an upset. James Robinson looked nice. He had nice usage, but he just couldn't get a legitimate touchdown out. James Robinson, dude. Two calls of holding that brought back two huge touchdown plays. Like, one of them was 17 yards. The other one was more than that. Um yeah, that was really the difference between his what thirteen point game in PPR and what would have been over a twenty point game. Uh, so very disappointing. I know I call out James Robinson to be my lock of the week last week, and I am standing by those two holding calls, which make my call wrong. So without that, it would have been a good call. DJ Shark is uh, he keeps continuing to do well with what he's given. Luton's still liking him. Uh, he's getting a little bit less love with Keelan Cole this week. But what do you guys think? Is it Cole or is it Shark moving forward? It's still Shark. He's the better player. It's definitely Shark. Uh, Cole had that uh, that run back off of the kickoff and uh, scored, and I think that they just used that momentum with him, and they kept running him. But there were a couple plays that he flubbed, and Shark uh, came through later and made some awesome plays. And it just I, I'm confident that Shark is going to be the guy moving forward. Don't count on Cole. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, they both look good as is expected. Um, the O-line looks terrible. The, uh, the running backs over there are suffering. Aaron Rodgers is suffering, but he's a, he's a veteran. He knows how to handle that line. Well, yeah, I mean, with a bad offensive line, he was only sacked once the whole game. But if you, if you watch the game, he was running for his life. 
I mean, yeah, as you said, it's just like it was the, a nasty sack. He, I mean, that came down right on his knee. And, uh, you know, the reason was he was trying to just snap the ball right away to get the, uh, the flag on the defense for having too many guys on the field. But, you know, he, he was running for his life, and that sack could have cost him a lot more than it was worth. Uh, one thing I'd like to talk about, are people going to put the panic button on Aaron Jones? Jamal Williams is, after that time off for Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams really stood out, and he's kind of digging at some of the productivity for Aaron Jones. He definitely is digging at the productivity. I, I wouldn't say that you panic button it, but it definitely seems like they they have some sort of strategy as far as keeping him healthy that is going to allow Williams a lot more touches, and it's going to hurt your Jones value. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Four receptions, 149 yards, another touchdown. Uh, I feel this is a little bit of an outlier of a game. Uh you know, four catches for 149 yards. Just you're averaging 37 something yards per catch. He had it's not going to keep up. This is just this is just kind of the receiver. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Now, without that touchdown, we wouldn't even bring him up. And it took a referee that he used as a defender to get it. Now, granted, you said earlier that Devontae Adams was having a great game. I mean, I was watching the game it, in the beginning. He dropped a couple passes. He fumbled. It didn't look like it was great. And they were using the double coverage that was on Devontae Adams the whole time for MVS to be open and get those plays to him. I'm not sure that that happens every single game. Defenses may not act like that. Um, you know, Jacksonville is being extremely aggressive, and I think that that made a lot of value to MVS. I'm not really looking out to MVS moving forward. I think that once Lazard comes back, there's going to be too many mouths to feed. I think that if Lazard is out, you can you could roster Valdez Scantling. You could start him, but I think if Lazard is back, you only play MBS if if you need a lottery ticket. Yeah, good call. Let's uh, let's jump into the Philly Giants game. This was the return of Miles Sanders, and boy was it mediocre. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was waiting for you to go somewhere with that. I'm like, let me just contradict that immediately, but I did not have to. He he didn't do too bad on the ground. He didn't really get a lot of chances. Boston Scott was, I wouldn't call efficient, but he had a really nice run. He had a like 56-yard touchdown run. Uh, I think it was just a fluke. Like I would take those points for Boston Scott, and those should be Miles Sanders' points. He just sometimes got a change of pace back, and he found a hole, and he took it. Yeah, I think it was also a little bit of easing him back in. I mean, they the running backs, they spread the ball around a lot, and uh, I don't think that that's going to happen all the time. You know, Miles Sanders is amazing, and he's going to be amazing again. But, you know, he is finally back, so give him, give him a little bit to kick uh, the rust off. Gallman on the other side is uh, he's continuing to perform. He's a little bit touchdown dependent, but, I mean, you look at the past – the past couple weeks, this guy's a startable running back, like a, a RB1. Yeah, definitely. I was down on him last week, and he, I mean, he proved me wrong. I even faced him in one of my leagues, and he's he proved me wrong pretty hard. One thing that you do have to notice about this game, there was not one passing touchdown the entire game. 
Wow, I didn't actually know about that. Yeah, well, you got Danny Dimes who ran one in himself. And then all all the touchdowns for the Eagles are through the running backs. What do you guys make of Darius Slayton? Five receptions, 93 yards after the drought he's been having lately. Stay on the do not be on anybody's team's list for no reason. Like, I just don't pick him up. Yeah, I'm going to stand by that. We were very sure last week saying, you know, don't go into Slayton Town. And uh, I don't think that this game makes a difference to that. Uh, it was a weird game. Uh, everything was on the ground, and he happened to be the target that popped off. I just, I'm not buying it forever. Should we be worrying about Travis Fulgham? Again, not a single touchdown through the air, right? So uh, let's not let's not uh, worry about anyone on this. It, it was a strange game script, and everything was on the ground. I think that you know all wide receivers are touchdown dependent to to a sense, and not to panic on him yet. <laughs> yeah, I have the same sentiment. He's had some great games. Uh, this is the I think this is the first full game that Jeffrey's been back. Well, they activated him. I guess he actually didn't even play. So disregard, but. He, he'll be back. Fulgham will be back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's uh, let's jump into the Tampa Bay Carolina game. I'm gonna take full props for this one. I was the only one to call Tom Brady popping off this week. <laughs> yeah, revenge game for Tom Brady is a real thing. Like stats show it. And now he got to do it on uh, national television and snap, absolutely snap and get greedy and run one in himself just to prove a point. Speaking of running, Ronald Jones, nobody expected this. He had a really shaky start and I think he's going to be the guy in Tampa Bay going forward despite that. I really thought that it was going to be the exact same game script when, you know, he has a couple bad plays again, just like you saw, and he got benched, and then, you know, Fournette came out, and he looked awesome, but no, they kept Ronald Jones in, and uh, yeah, I would worry if I was a Fournette owner moving forward. The numbers are a little skewed because he had that really long 98-yard touchdown run, but I, like, even besides that, he still had a great day. Yeah, definitely. Um, What do you think about... Mike Davis with uh, with CMC out and, uh, you know, running the show again. He was eh. They, I think they were just – I mean, they were actually ahead through the first quarter, but the second half they got blown out of the water by Tom Brady. So I felt like that kind of ruined his productivity. I mean, he only was he only carried the ball seven times for thirty-two yards. He wasn't bad. He just didn't get any volume. Yeah, yeah. I think that you know, it, it's just after seeing CMC explode, um, you know, he. I don't know what it was, honestly. I, I would be a little bit worried if it was me. However, I I wouldn't caution anyone to that because he is still really good and he's carried the team for this long. So. Um, yeah, you know the the thing that I would be worried about it would is uh, Curtis Samuel. Um, I, it's hard to say whether it's going to be a DJ Moore or a Curtis Samuel game these days. Yeah, and uh, I mean it. It's great for DJ Moore owners because they for a while were like, "What is going on here?" 
I have DJ Moore, but you know, for everyone who uh, picked up Curtis and they were hoping as a, a nice flyer, uh, it's going to probably be like a hit or miss type of thing. I, I could see it moving forward. Is that you know, I think it's going to be. Yeah, I think it's the same situation as the uh, backfield in Indianapolis. Like they're all going to get chances, but there's only going to be one really big flyer each week. And yeah. this week was DJ Moore. Last week was Curtis Samuel. Would you guys start Curtis Samuel next week if he uh, was a potential flex for you? Uh, depends on the matchup. Who's he got next week? I got to look it up. I just threw that question out there without even checking into it. On a related note, uh, what do we think of the MB re- receiving core? Kind of even out there. Yeah, everybody's getting some love, which is, I mean, it's a good sign for any owner of every, of, like, it's good that they're all getting love because it doesn't mean, like, this is going to be your week, and then next week it means, it's not going to be our week. Uh, The only thing you got to worry right now is there may be more legal troubles for Antonio Brown, and it may go back to just being Chris Gowan, Mike Evans. Don't know anything about that situation. Yeah, regardless of that situation, I'm going to say, uh, what we said last week that Godwin is the guy to have on the team because volume gets you points and Godwin gets volume. Speaking of volume though, Mike Evans got 11 of the targets where Godwin only got six this week. But Godwin caught every one of his targets. Mike Evans only caught six. He's got the touchdown. Everyone has their week to shine. Every star shines and this is Mike Evans' week to shine. I'm not buying into Mike Evans being the doctor high volume guy nonstop. Even though last week they did say we need to get Mike Evans the ball and they did. Uh, but we'll see what happens moving forward because you know you've heard that kind of stuff before all the time. And coaches they just say what they need to say. And I don't think that uh, Evans is gonna be it. Uh, let's go on to the Denver Las Vegas game. Stay far away from every Denver Denver Broncos player. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm right there on that with you. Yeah, I mean Drew um, Locke was abysmal, just just abysmal. Uh, Melvin Gordon is he's nothing without the Chargers. I mean he's clearly has proven this this whole season. Philip Lindsay is not even a good backup. Yeah, we really thought that Philip Lindsay was was the king of this offense last week, but it's kind of hard to be the king when there's nothing to be king of. Um, yeah. Josh Jacobs, Devontae Booker. We said it last week. It's pretty. And this week they actually went even further that way, and they were effective. It's weird because it's a committee that wasn't supposed to be a committee. Like, Devontae Booker was just supposed to be a guy that came in here and there, mostly as a pass blocker. And he, like, worked himself into a role. Yeah, I think that if I had to have one guy on my team from the Denver Broncos, it would be Tim Patrick. Um, but he just punched a guy in the face and <laughs> ejected from the game. So we'll see what happens if there's any uh, suspension or anything like that that follows. But I know Tim Patrick was a shining light um, on that team. Derek Carr, he doesn't know who to throw it to. He's throwing it to everybody out there. Darren Waller's getting the most targets as he's been, but he's still just – 
just over a 50% efficiency rate on him. I'm not sure if we we can trust this guy. I'm not sure you can trust any tight end. So uh, if you had to trust one, I would trust Waller. If I, if I had to trust anyone on Las Vegas, it would be Josh Jacobs and Waller and nobody else. I don't want any part of it. Yeah, everything we said about Nelson Aguilar last week scratched that. <laughs> I'm so upset with that, to be honest. But it is what it is. Yeah, he's uh, he's just not the guy that we thought he would become, even though it was looking like that for three weeks. Uh, I mean, I'm ready to move on from this game if you guys are. You want to get into the uh, Chargers in Miami? Yeah. This was a battle of great rest-of-season fantasy QBs. Both of these guys looked great, played great. I mean, which one of these guys would you rather have? Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely Justin Herbert. Uh, Justin Herbert's been having a record-setting rookie season. He looks great every game. He's got the weapons. I, I absolutely Justin Herbert. He had a pretty below-average game, though. I mean, he only had a QB rating of 43.4. Uh, 20 for 32 for only 187 yards. He had two touchdowns, but one interception. Tua was 15 for 25 with two touchdowns. I mean, they're pretty close here. I think Herbert's got more weapons, though. So I would go for, like, probably keep Herbert for the rest of the season. But he this is, this is a pretty not a good game for him. Saldan Ahmed. He had a pretty good game. 21 rushes, 85 yards, touchdown. Uh, he's looking nice. But I don't know that you get this kind of production once Gaskin comes back or once Brady comes back. Yeah, I would agree yeah, with I that. I wouldn't count on that forever. It's definitely mixed backfield. But uh, he's definitely solid until they come back. Yeah, well, Gaskin was out there. He was, he was a guy that you can – you can flex. Uh, you can throw into an RB two if you need to uh, on a bye week type situation. But other than that, I wouldn't roll any of these running backs. Yeah, Parker didn't do too great either. Um, he did see the most targets out of these guys, so it should shouldn't be a trend that he had a rough game. This just in. I'm not sure what that notification was, but I heard it. Uh, um, Cordell Patterson ran back a kick return touchdown. Nice. Do not pick him up. Still, <laughs> that's, <laughs> he's not the that's, guy to get on your team. Fair, that's very fair. <laughs> Keenan Allen was having a rough day early, but he saved his day with a late touchdown. Uh, Keenan Allen is Keenan Allen, best one of the best receivers in the league. You're not worried. Yeah, no, don't worry about Keenan Allen. Um, what about the Buffalo and Arizona game? Buffalo running backs. Those guys are bad, bad. Singletary. Yeah, Josh, Josh Allen is still the best legs on that team for sure. Uh, if you had to have a, a Buffalo running back, Zach Moss is still probably the guy, but Josh Allen is still RB1. Yeah, and he loves his digs. Diggs, digs uh, managed to be solid, even getting covered by Patrick Peterson this game. Yeah, did you hear the uh, announcer say that Diggs is the best wide receiver in the NFL? And then (laughs) 
not too long after, Diop was like, yeah, there no, no, is no, no, a no. clear number one wide receiver in the NFL, and that is DeAndre Hopkins. We took it personally. I think that that was a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of Kyler. <laughs> I mean, Kyler avoided the sack, made a beautiful throw, but I mean, it helps with the natural athleticism of Ky- uh, DeAndre Hopkins to jump in between three guys and be the only one to have hands on the ball. He didn't even have to fight to get it out of anybody else's hands. He was the only one to touch it. They have a fantastic connection. Kyler and Hopkins, you ship them. All right. So speaking of connection, uh, Christian Kirk has been on a hot streak lately. Uh, we, We gassed him up last week. Are you panicking on Christian Kirk due to this game because of what the game was? Or... Are you still going to hold on him and you know see if uh, this was just kind of a, a hop game? I think he's still a hold. I mean, the Buffalo defense is still pretty good, but I mean, Kyler Murray is looking like a solid MVP. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was Simone Neal on that side of the ball, and he's just as good. I, mean, I don't know if he's just as good as Tre'Davious White, but he's he's good. So I think that like DeAndre Hopkins can transcend Tre'Davious White, but Christian Kirk couldn't do it with Neil on that side. Yeah. You also, I agree. I'm going to hold on to him. Also, especially next week he faces on Thursday night on short rest. He faces the Seahawks, which is a very favorable matchup for him. Uh, I think you will definitely give him that Thursday to see what he can do. That is going to be a very volatile game. I feel. Um, and Yeah. Speaking of Seahawks, are you guys worried about Russ? What's going on here? It's like two games in a row now where he's not the uh, the rock star that we saw the whole year. I mean, it's hard to be worried about Russ, but uh, there, there might be some concern. Cause... Yeah, the Rams are a good defense. Uh, Russ might be showing his age, though. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for fantasy owners, you know, you really count on Russ to be above 20 points, and he kind of, uh, <laughs> Russell uh, will send you the last two weeks in a row and just left you cast away with nothing. <laughs> uh, like I was just saying, I think it depends on what happens this Thursday again. Uh, would be a really make or break for Russell Wilson for the rest of the season. I mean, Josh Allen lit up the Cardinals, so if Russell can't light up the Cardinals – that I would start hitting a panic button. The last time these yeah. two faced off is the week that Lockett dropped 50 on them. That is very true. All right, now, with the thing, way that things are, do you think that Lockett is going to be the guy to drop another 50, or is Metcalf going to be the one to drop the 50? Uh, I think we have to look at the injuries later, because I think that Lockett is dealing with one of those. You know, you're right. We'll talk about that one later. Um, Malcolm Brown, what do you guys think? Touchdown snake. Stole it. Cam Akers day. <laughs> he absolutely did. Uh, not only one, but two touchdowns. So, sorry. Yeah, it's another backfield you can't trust. I mean, uh, Darrell Henderson is a pretty good player, and he's had a very, very good season for where he stands. And I, I don't know who you trust because Cam Akers is getting the most amount of carries, but he's not getting the touchdowns. Uh, the passing game, they're all pretty much involved equally, I would say. No one's really standing out on that. I mean, 
Cam Akers didn't even have a target. Darrell Henderson had one, and uh, Malcolm Brown had two. There's really no one I could pick out of that backfield. Yeah, I mean, there's really no shining light there. You're right. and I mean, the I'm, same thing with the receivers. Josh Reynolds, great day. Josh Reynolds, who? Who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Cooper Cup owners and uh, Woods owners all around the world just crying. And, you know, there's there's a guy who is uh, picked up. I, I'm not sure the percentage of leagues that he's owned in, but I know it's not a lot. And, uh yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't trust really any receiver um, on this team to be your guy week to week. I think it's matchup dependent, and even then you can't call it out, so it is tough. All right, let's move on to San Francisco and the Saints. Richie James. Not quite what we expected him to be. Uh, Mullins kind of liked Brandon Ayuk this week. And uh, it might just be that he rides the hottest hand, the best receiver he's got out there. He's just going to play him all game. Richie James was not your guy this week. Yeah, I, yeah, I did not see the uh, Ayuk light up happening or uh, foresee that coming. But, God, that guy looked uh, amazing out there. And I think that moving forward, he's going to probably stay a favorite. Like, he is very fast, and he runs his routes very well, at least that game. And uh, I, I can see that happening more. Honestly, the only San Francisco receiver I would start is Debo Samuel, and he's not even playing. I was just about to say, once Samuel comes back, it might be a very similar situation that once Samuel plays, that like you're not getting any love for Ayuk or Richie James. Yeah, and in a similar time frame, you know, Samuel's gonna or Debo's gonna come back, and uh, so is Raheem Mostert. So I would say sell high. <laughs> uh, Breeze. Uh, yeah, yeah, he took a nasty hit that game. I mean, that was full-on rush and just clobbered to the ground. Jameis Winston did not have a pass attack. Uh, it wasn't quite the gunslinger mode he's been in at Tampa Bay. Uh, this was kind of a Camara put the team on his back kind of game. Yeah, which happens a lot. I mean, they are a, a run-heavy offense with the, uh, the screen pass attack, so... Not really yeah, anything new. It's wild to think that Kamara had such a good game. He only carried the ball eight times. He had the same amount of carries as Taysom Hill, and Latavius Murray even had one more than him. <laughs> it's just it makes no sense to me that like they're splitting the rushing efficiency that thin, but yet Kamara's still dropping twenty points plus. Well, the big thing is that he has seven receptions for eighty-three yards. In a well, touchdown. and three touchdowns total throughout the whole game, but. It's still yeah. Like, it's all on the touchdowns. The man is efficient. The Kamara's man is very be, efficient. Yeah, yeah. He's you saw this when he was splitting still. time. You saw it when he was splitting time with with Ingram. I mean, the man knows how to to take what he gets and turn it into something gold. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, how do you guys feel moving forward, knowing that Breeze is going to be out for quite a while, and it's going to be Winston's. Uh, running the show. I think all the Saints ball catchers, uh, it's a big downgrade. From I think Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas, and he's going to have a decent rest season as long as he can stay healthy. But I think everyone you were looking at before, Manny Sanders, you're just, you're just done with them, I think. 
Yeah. Um, now, guys who are counting on Jared Cook in the TE Wasteland, that is just something out of a Mad Max movie. Where are we finding uh, hope in that? Are you guys giving up on Cook, or is this just a weird game? I mean, he is he was zero for zero for zero that game. Mm, uh, I think I, it's just a I, weird game. The thing is, I think without Breeze, though, I don't know. Jameis Winston likes to sling the ball, and I don't think Jerry Cook is going to be the guy. I would agree. Yeah, Jameis Winston goes downfield, and but uh, personally, then, I'd be afraid. I, I'm not going to say drop him right now. Don't drop him, but maybe try and trade before the deadline uh, for a TE if you can, because that, I would not that, want. Sorry, that thought process right there. The playoffs. Counterproducts Alvin Kamara though. You say he's going to be slinging. Well, then does that hurt Alvin Kamara then? Because Alvin Kamara doesn't go no, out more than two that, yards for his passes. I think the I coaches think know how many picks, how many picks that he throws. So I think that they're going to be inclined to run the ball to offset that. Possibly, yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, I wouldn't like. I would still give it another week. I really think the whole receiving core has a chance to even get better with Winston. I don't know. Because, I mean, look at Michael Thomas the past two games. He's done nothing. He's done absolutely nothing. He has scored less points this whole season than he did what his average was last season. Yeah, everyone held their breath on Michael Thomas coming back, and it was extremely underwhelming. You're absolutely right. Well, last week, didn't he, have a good, didn't he come back last week and have a decent game? No. No, not, it wasn't a Michael Thomas game. I, I, right, but wasn't it like a 10 to 12? Something like that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Jameis Winston might uh, – hold on to Jerry Cook. Don't just drop him because you're mad. But uh, definitely be speculative moving forward because I, w- I think next week you have to make a call. But let's uh, I think let's it also depends when Breeze comes back. If Breeze comes back and he's still bad, then you could drop him. He has broken ribs and a punctured lung, so I'm not sure on the time frame on that stuff. I'm no expert, but sounds bad. Yeah, it's got to be at least minimum two weeks. Yeah, let's jump into uh, Cincinnati-Pittsburgh. Joe Burrow, he was just okay this game. I apologize for that because I said, you got to run him out. He's going to kill it, but he didn't really kind of – he didn't really impress me. Um, T. Higgins, though, <laughs> he's ramping up. Nice little keeper option. Yeah, yeah I mean, that was a very good stat line for him. Seven catches for 115 yards and a touchdown. I think if some if the, his owner in your league is a little unsure, you might try to snake him from him. I think that T. Higgins might be a guy you try to trade for with name value. So, you know, you grab someone who has great name value, hasn't been that great, and try to throw it at him. Would you trade Michael Thomas for T. Higgins? I don't think the T. Higgins owner trades T. Higgins for Michael Thomas. Oh, all right. So you tried to then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like would you try and get some more consistency out of someone like, uh, I I don't know. I I wanted to say Mike Evans until this week, but... Someone like Mike Evans, would you try and throw him for T. Higgins? I don't think, I think I'd have a rich, I would T. Have T. Higgins enough right now. I'd rather have T. Higgins. 
yeah, I'm pretty high on T. Higgins as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, what about on the other end of that game in the running back position, uh, James Conner? What's going on here? Uh, it was a gunslinging match. I, I yeah. don't think it was anything he did wrong. I mean, he only had 13 carries. He wasn't efficient on the ground. He was only averaging 2.8 uh, yards per carry. I mean, it was the wide receiver show. I mean, Claypool, Juju, and Deontay Johnson all crushed it for their fantasy teams this week. I think that's been pretty pretty normal for James Conner, though. Like, uh, his past four weeks have been less than 100 yards, and his past three weeks have been under 50. James Conner is in a position that he's RB2 slash flex territory. Well, he's technically RB1 at the moment, low-end RB1, because he is still the 12th RB this year in PPR format. So he's not – the last two weeks have been abysmal for him, but, like, the middle – his the rest of the season has been pretty good, except for his first week where he only had three points. I mean, I think they were using a lot of qualifiers for him, like – except for this, except for this. I think at some point you have to kind of realize that he might not be the running back that we thought he was going to be. I think a lot of it has to do with some amazing talent uh, in the wide receiver position. I mean, you have, like, some amazing talent. You have uh, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, and, like, these guys are running routes amazingly. Big Ben can count on them. You don't have to just grind the ball up the field when you have guys like that, and the numbers are showing it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not game script anymore. If you're looking at James Conner, it's uh, this is just how the team operates. Juju Juju's back from the grave, and like you said, Deontay Chase, killing it. So maybe going forward, just keep an eye on Conner. Maybe try to sell him right now. I know he's a little low, but it might just stay low. I would try and sell Conner. I would be trying to buy wide receivers off that team, uh, but that's just me, and. I mean, even though Connor is uh, Belichick like that, though, it, it's hard because it just looks like they're not using him as much as they used to. Let's uh, jump into the Baltimore-New England game. This was the late-night game, and I'm pretty sure that they were playing Ghost in the Graveyard, and Lamar Jackson was the one <laughs> that was hiding. Because where did Lamar Jackson go? Where has Lamar Jackson been? Someone throw on the Cotton Eye Joe soundtrack right there. He is still he's still the RB one on the on the uh, Ravens there, but as far as the passing goes, he is not Lamar Jackson. Yeah, no. Um, he there was a, the one week before he was saying that you know teams are calling out our plays and they're you know they're able to call us out. And it's like yeah, because every play you run the ball, and so obviously he's trying to switch that up. I think he's just becoming a little bit exposed for being a much better runner uh, previously and not as good with the ball in the air. And now it's it's almost like he can't count on either. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it doesn't seem like he's got – the receivers aren't doing it for him like they used to. Hollywood hasn't really been getting his games. He's been relying on Willie Sneed, which is just out of nowhere. Like Willie Sneed's a big dude. And maybe he is the correct call, but this isn't the uh, the game plan he's been working with in prior prior games. Yeah, no, I I, I don't trust Willie Sneed ever, nor should anybody. 
And but yeah, he, he's been doing it. If there's a set of hands on the Ravens that you trust, is it Mark Andrews? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I, just off name value alone, I want to see it's say it's still Hollywood Brown, but maybe it's not. I think it's Mark Andrews. He's uh, he's one of the big three tight ends. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at a stat line now. Wow, yeah. I mean, even though three weeks in a row he's under 10 points, you know, four, six, and five, but as far as tight ends go this year, you're happy to get six points. Yeah, it's part of course. Uh, Patriots, a little bit of a light there, a little bit of a glimpse of hope. Yeah, turn it around. It was pretty much Damian Harris. I mean, if you really look at the stat line, Cam Newton only threw for seven, threw seventeen times for one hundred eighteen yards. Um, Damian Harris was the team. Uh, Jacoby Myers you was can't the top. Really discount Rex Burkhead though. He may not have had it in the rushes. He was, he had a couple. He did okay, but he had four receptions for thirty five and two touchdowns. They they really relied on him when it got tough. No, and I'm not saying anything, but I'm talking about the yardage-wise. Like, Damian Harris is what was moving the ball. Yeah, production-wise, you can't discount that. Rex Burkhead was getting the red zone touches, but Damian Harris is the only reason they were in the red zone for Burkhead to get that touchdown. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 121 yards, averaging 5.5 yards per carry. Like, that's great numbers. (laughs) I mean, he's, he's the RB1 here, but who really cares, though? Like... You're not starting Damian Harris, maybe as a flex, right? No, I wouldn't start him either way. I mean, I you you really want to see the Patriots do this a couple more times before you're counting on really anyone there. Um, I mean, I guess except Jacoby Myers, right? He still still put up points. He's still got quite a bit of targets. Outside of PPR, uh, it's five. It's five point nine points. Uh, you're right. You're right. I don't really know that you trust him going forward. I think that the pay, Cam's just a bad quarterback. Yeah, that was a that was a TD defending game and PPR game. He only went twenty four yards. Cam Newton is just bad. <laughs> As a fantasy quarterback, he's he's obviously doing well enough to get things done against Baltimore, who some people had as their favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Um, How about we take a look at some injuries? Yeah. Yeah, let's – Cam, let's take it away. Uh, Yeah, so there were uh, not too many injuries that actually happened this whole whole week, but uh, I think it's worth a look back at a few others. Um, Christian McCaffrey – Shoulders still bothering him. He's unlikely to play this week. He may miss more time. Uh, they do have that week 13 bye coming up, so possible they hold him out to that long. So definitely, definitely something. That's to look a real at. heartbreaker for everybody. I mean, you waited this whole time for Christian McCaffrey to come back, and then he gets slammed with a shoulder injury. It's just yeah. how it goes sometimes with the running backs. It's just. Especially someone who just runs with their entire body, like CMC, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, his um, shoulder is like the wedge that just separates everybody from his path. 
Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Drew Brees, like we said, uh, painful. Uh, seems like it's been something he's been dealing with for a couple weeks. Uh, ribs, collapsed lung. Looks like it's going to be at least two weeks, maybe more. Um, I think this is good for Alvin Kamara, but I think Saints ball catchers take a hit. It's something that re- remains to be seen. Uh, Tyler Lockett uh, apparently has a knee sprain. Uh, looks like he's day-to-day. Should be good for Thursday, according to Pete Carroll, but... Let's be careful with Pete Carroll. And uh, Again, you know, Chris Pete Carson, Carroll. day-to-day, looking great to play the last two weeks. and he's Two still weeks? Not- I think it's been the last four. Yeah, yeah he's... Uh, Chris Carson's going to be there. Don't you worry. And now even this week, he may not play. He probably won't play, actually. So, Yeah, definitely something to monitor. So uh, who is the uh, who's the Seahawks receiver to have for this week, especially with Patrick Peterson? He was able to shut down DK Metcalf last week. So who do you think comes up to shot? Do you think it's anybody? Uh, it's DK Metcalf still. So, I mean, yeah, he's got to throw to someone. 100% still DK if Lockett's Metcalf. not in or if Lockett's not 100%, the Metcalf's getting 10 targets. So. Absolutely. Uh, next injury, uh, Matthew Stafford hurt his thumb. Uh, shouldn't shouldn't miss time, but he might miss this week if he misses any. Uh, something to keep in mind. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater... MCL sprain he may play. If not, he shouldn't miss too much time. Uh, Justin Jackson got put on IR. Uh, it looks like Kalen Balaj is the RB1 for the Chargers right now, but obviously Austin Eckler. Yeah, that kind of turned from a joke on our end to something that might actually be true. Maybe you do want Kalen yeah, Balaj. I'm, I'm eating my words from last week. Kalen Balaj looked surprisingly decent this week, but I saw an update from earlier today that said it's still too early to allow Eckler to start practicing. So, Kalen Balage is a real thing. If everyone slept on him, it's probably a grab this week. Uh, but yeah, uh, Ek- yeah, it looks like Eckler m- may come back week 12 the earliest, but we'll see what happens. Uh, David Johnson still on IR. Uh, or actually, I think he got put on IR just this past week. So he's at least out for three weeks. Um, Duke Johnson will be the RB1 for the Texans. But he didn't look so great. So bad situation in the Texans' backfield. Um, we can go to waivers. Let's go to waivers. For QB, we got a couple decent streams. We got Tua, Tagovailoa, obviously. Uh, he's rostered in 32.6% league, according to ESPN. All these percentages will be according to ESPN. Uh, we've got the Broncos this week. Uh, great matchup for them. So he's a solid streamer. Kirk Cousins, also a decent QB streamer for those who are out. Josh Allen. Uh, he's only rostered in 13.5% league. He's got the Dallas Cowboys, and the Cowboys have been a very exploitable matchup. So, decent there. Uh, Wayne Gallman, 
for the running backs. It's roster you know, real quick, back to the QBs. What about Alex Smith and how we were just talking him up earlier? He's probably on a lot of waiver wires. Is he a guy that you uh, fill in on an injury? No, I, I would I would stay away from Alex Smith. I would agree with that. Um, I think he's good for the Washington football team and less good for your fantasy team. Agreed. Very, very. Uh, but yeah, uh, running backs, uh, Wayne Gallman, only still somehow only rostered in 30.5% leagues. Clear running back one for the Giants. Might be one of the few shining lights on that Giants team. And he's had, he's had a great production the past three weeks i'm surprised 30.5 that seems super low for the production that he's given you it's very surprising yeah uh devonta freeman even if he comes back i think the job is still wayne gallman's uh salvin ahmed only obviously only rested in seven percent of leagues he's a stash for now i would say but if gaskin and brito miss more time then i think you could feel at least comfortable flexing him yeah, I think I think you got to start him if you have him. I think that you're not picking him up to stash because it seems like Braid is coming anytime soon, and Gaskin's gonna be right behind him. Plus, with Howard just got cut from the team, so you really only have to worry about Gaskin and Brita out of the, out of that uh, backfield. Uh, as we talked about earlier, uh, Devonte Booker uh, only rostered in 1.4 percent of leagues. I guess for now you could really view him as a Josh Jacobs handcuff. I kind of see him as a Latavius Murray type. Uh, he's He's got some value even on his own, but, you know, I think you're just sticking him around in case uh, Josh Jacobs goes down. Uh, for wide receivers. Yeah, receiver. he had a super league or a lot of bench spots. Uh, I would say he's a super bad. You're absolutely right on that. Yeah, um, for wide receivers, we got Keelan Cole. Uh, only rostered in 13.6% of leagues. Uh, looking like Jake Luton's emerging favorite. Uh, DJ Chark is still obviously in the mix. You got James Robinson in the mix, but I think he might be a comfortable flex play uh, depending on matchup. There were some plays during that game where uh, Luton really did force the ball to Cole. Uh, as much as I still think that Shark is the guy, uh, Luton wants Cole to be a guy. So I think it, it's at least a safe grab if you have nobody else. Yeah, definitely. Um, next up is MVS. Marquez Robert Stantler. Only roughly 18.1% Uh I think he definitely took advantage of Adams being covered. Uh, Adams missed some plays. But I think he's a risky, but okay flex while Alan Lazard is out, but it is looking like Alan Lazard may come off IR and play this week, so yeah, I wouldn't spend too much time on him. I think, you, like I said earlier, if Lazard's there, I think you can count on him. It's like a lottery ticket. Um, I think he's still got some game. I think that Aaron Rodgers knows how to spread the ball out to good receivers. And he's yeah. getting the long balls. I mean, well, Adams gets a lot of the long balls too, but he has the option to throw it to MBS. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers has supported three wide receivers in the past, and I'm, he's still great enough to do it again. But, uh, yeah, as it, as it is right now, MBS definitely a guy that you want, may want to grab just after that game because there were a lot of throws his way, even 
even with Devontae. I mean, Devontae did get sidelined for a little bit, but uh, MVS looks awesome. Yeah. Um, another one, I would say, uh, Michael Petman. Uh, five, he's only rostered in five personal leagues, but he's looking like he might be Rivers' favorite wide receiver. But it's definitely something to keep in mind that the Colts' offense is... I'm going to let him cook for another place. week. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. I don't... I think he'll still be there if you if you need him, but could be worth a stash. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Josh Reynolds uh, only rostered in three point four percent of leagues. I think he's matchup dependent, but if the, if he's got a good matchup coming up, I think he's a worthwhile flex. But for Titan, as always, we mentioned the. Hiding wasteland is is what it is. If you don't have Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller, it's <laughs> it's whatever. But uh, Logan Thomas, I'm, I think I mentioned him last week, uh, but he's still looking super. He's looking reliable. I think he's a backup at worst. I think he can absolutely do worse at tight end right now. He's only rostered in 28.2 percent of leagues. He should still be there for you if you need him. And then for defenses, uh, we got a couple streams. I think the Vikings defense is worth a shot this week. Uh, they're rostered in 32.2% leagues, but they might be there for you. Uh, they face the Cowboys this week, and they've been an exploitable offense since Dak's been out. Even with uh, the possibility of Andy Dalton coming back this week, I think. Uh, you can stream the Vikings. Um, Let's talk about some. Well, uh, <laughs> the the tra- the Chargers defense uh, are also a decent stream this week. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 sorry, the char- the Chargers are also a decent stream this week. Uh, they're only in they're they're available in they're only rostered in twenty eight point one percent of leagues. They face the Jets this week. I think you can easily stream anybody against the Jets. Uh, as we as Nizi mentioned before, uh, the Browns. I don't know if you would play them right away, but they have probably the best playoff schedule. So if you're looking like a lock in for Playoffs run with the run with the Browns. Uh, they're they're uh, only rostered in sixteen point six percent of leagues. Uh, but drops always controversial. But uh, I think there's, there's probably three solid drops this week. I would say. Uh, and my, my my first two are Marquise Brown and uh, AJ Green. Uh, about the same guy, in my opinion. Uh, both of them only have three games over ten points this whole season. Uh, for Hollywood Brown, Lamar was just not looking like who he was uh, last year. Uh, and AJ Green. Uh, he's just uh, he's lost his spot. 
Um, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are the clear two there that matter. Yeah, I'm okay. To- I'm totally okay dropping AJ Green at this point. Like, I'm well past moving on AJ Green right now. For I sure. would never, ever, ever start him. I would throw a flyer in front of him all day. <laughs> and uh, my last drop would probably be Josh Kelly. Uh, it seems <laughs> against all odds, Kalen Balaj is the <laughs> clear running back one for now with uh, Justin Jackson on IR. And Say that so sour. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, nobody expected it. It's 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 hard to say, but uh, Eckler, Eckler will be back eventually, should be. But uh, for now, I think uh, Josh Kelly can hit waivers. Fair enough. Yeah, I think Kalen Balaj uh, really – has shown and I think that he surpassed what people thought would be the running backs on that team at least while uh, everyone's out so Balazs might be a nice guy to run for a couple weeks but let's move on to sit start shotgun Nisi's going to go through a couple guys and we're all going to to decide whether or not we would sit or start them alright so we're going to start with Joe Burrow versus Washington uh, Washington has the ninth lowest points to QBs. Are we starting Joe Burrow? I am personally saying we're sitting him. We're week. sitting him. He burned me last week, and he's going to burn me again this week. This was – we're sitting Joe Burrow. I'm definitely – I'm going to start him. I'm going to talk about – you know, we were all talking about revenge games, and I'm going to give him a chance. So I'd like to see it happen. And he does have the weapons and the talent on the team to do it. Can you explain the revenge part? for Joe Burrow versus Washington. We're doing so fucking terribly. And uh, now he wants to do better. Got it. Got it, got it. All right. Uh, Cam, did you say start or sit for Joe Burrow? Uh, I'm a sit. All right. So consensus is sit with one start. Uh, we're moving on to Carson Wentz versus Cleveland. Now they allow the 11th highest points to QBs. Are we starting Carson Wentz? I'm personally going to go with a sit because he – was a huge letdown this week against a very easy matchup. Not very easy, I'm sorry. The Giants defense is average, but it should have been more than what he did. I'm going to start him. I'll start Carson Wentz, and I'll even go one step further and say Travis Fulgham, and I'll start both these boys. Yeah, I would start uh, Carson Wentz against the Browns. I think it's a safe start. I'm saying start. All right, so it looks like the consensus is start Carson Wentz. Moving on to Jared Goff versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They allow the six lowest points to QBs. Are we starting or sitting? I'm going to go with sitting. I mean, I just there's not many games he's really stood out except for one game against Buffalo and one game against Washington, which is actually a pretty good defense. But I think I'm sitting him against Tampa Bay. I'm Absolutely a sit. Yeah, I, Jared Goff has let me down personally in leagues so many times in the past that I know not to count on him. I'm sitting him. The receivers aren't there this year. He's not there this year. You're sitting Jared Goff. Yep, that's it. All right, that's a hard sit for Jared Goff. Moving on to who may be a waiver pickup. Are we starting Jamie Winston if he's getting the start against Atlanta? Uh, they allow the second most points to QBs. I don't care if it's a high school football team out there. I'm not starting Jameis Winston this season. <laughs> yeah, you're crazy. Jameis Winston is the perfect recipe for fantasy points. He throws pick sixes, and then he's back out on the field. They're ready to throw another touchdown. 
But the thing is, is he throws those pick sixes, then he throws a touchdown right after it. The touchdowns outweigh the exactly. interceptions, I but they know. outweigh I the. I don't know. I don't know. I think this. I, just, I think that's this exactly year, what I said. He's the guy to have for fantasy points. This year, you got Alvin Kamara eating up some of those touchdowns to come back, though. So, if you need a QB, I'm picking him up, but I'm sitting him now because the schedule is very light for the next few weeks. That Breeze is going to be out. He well, has Atlanta. That? He has Atlanta this week, Denver next week, Atlanta again, then Philly. So let's just say Breeze is out four weeks. He's got four good matchups. I would grab him as a stash if you need a QB. Well, if if you're stash, wouldn't this be the time you want to play him, though, those four weeks? He's got insane. Oh, yeah, no, you stash for this week, I'm saying, to see if he does anything against the softest defense possible. Assuming it's your logic, second most points to QBs, you're starting him against Atlanta. If you you got to roll the dice, yeah, right? Yeah, this is sit start I'm shotgun, sitting. baby. You're pumping, and he's going in. So the consensus is sit, apparently, then for Jamie Swinston. So let's move on to AJ Brown versus Baltimore. They allow the six lowest points against wide receivers. What do we do with AJ Brown? I think I'm still starting him. I mean, every week since he's been back, 21, 22, 27, 12, 20. And then three. I think it's just an outlier game. I think he'll rally back and get at least a 12-point game next week. I can agree. I'm starting A.J. Brown this week. Yeah, I'm starting him. That's fine. Yeah, he's a start. All right. Consensus is a start for A.J. Brown. Moving on to, we talked about him earlier in the show, Marvin Jones Jr. He's facing Buffalo, who allowed the ninth lowest wide receiver point. Or, like, oh, sorry, ninth lowest points to wide receivers. Are we sitting there starting Marvin Jones? I say we start him. I'm it's, going to sit him. It's tough. He's against White, and that's, you know, and you know how much we talk about White. Um, but I do think that there's no other options for Matt Stafford out there, and so he's going to have to get some work. I'm starting Matt uh, Marvin Jones. I think he's a start. All right. We're, we're a split right there on Marvin Jones Jr. Let's move on to Jamison Crowder versus the Chargers. They're allowing eighth lowest points to wide receivers. Are we sitting or starting Crowder? If he's healthy enough to play, you play him. Jamison Crowder is the only weapon on that offense, and he is the guy that's going to get the ball. So I don't care who he's facing. I'm going to start him. He's quietly being great. Uh, I think you continue to start him. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting Crowder. I'm actually going to sit him. He really disappointed me against New England last week. The only reason he had any fantasy relevance is because one of his two catches were for a touchdown. Uh, I say we give it another week to see if he rallies. They have a decently soft schedule moving forward, so if you don't have to start him, I wouldn't. But the consensus is start. So we're moving on to the Cincinnati's whole wide receiver core. Now, we'll start with A.J. Green, which he was on our drop column, so I'm guessing we're going to go. I'm going to go sit. 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 Yeah, so we're sitting. A.J. Green. They also are facing Washington, who allow the lowest points to wide receivers. I'm sorry I didn't mention that. All right, Tyler Boyd. Are we sitting or starting Tyler Boyd? He's wide receiver 13 on the year. You're I always think you starting start Tyler Boyd. You've got to start him. He's going to see a drop in efficiency, especially with T. Higgins popping up, but I think that you still start Tyler. Yeah, I'm starting Tyler Boyd. Start. All right. Now we're looking at T. Higgins. I'm guessing if we're starting Tyler Boyd, we're probably starting T. Higgins. 
Yep. Yeah, let's start them. Oh, Fire yeah. them up. All right, so we're yeah, starting. Even against the hardest wide receiver matchup possible, we're starting both wide receivers on Cincinnati that are relevant. One of them's going to catch the ball. Yep. All <laughs> yeah, right. Their, their running backs are not really the best in the league, so they're going to have to throw the ball. And, yeah, one of them are catching it. All right, so let's move on to running backs now. Leonard Fournette, are we sitting or starting him? He's facing the Rams, which they allow the ninth lowest points of running backs. I'm You're sitting Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette after what happened last week, uh, well, yesterday. Yeah, it's pretty clear that Ronald Jones is going to be the guy. I'm sitting Leonard Fournette for now. I think there may be a chance he can come back and be uh, at least bring it back to another committee, but right now it's not looking good for him. Yeah, it's a sit. All right, we're but that being said, I'm pretty sure it's a clear consensus of Ronald Jones starts. Am I right? Was going to be I'm my next question. Ronald Jones. I also think we're sitting Ronald Jones. Wow, really? I yes. think that, like, if you look at the weeks before this, he wasn't all that great either. And without, like I said, he had a decent day with the, even with the 98-yard touchdown run. But ah, he he's fumbling the ball. He just. He's not a great running back. He, whether or not they choose to use him, and especially against a top ten run defense, I'm sitting Ronnie. Yeah, I'm sitting him too. Rams defense too good. All right, moving on to Duke Johnson versus the Raiders. They have the 17th lowest points to running back, so it's a decent matchup for him. With his first week in the starting job, huge letdown. Huge letdown. What are we doing with Duke Johnson? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. I am not starting Duke Johnson. Not a chance. I'm starting him. I think here, I'll give him a shot to bounce back. I'm with you. I think he has a good chance of I'm sorry, he's not facing the Raiders. He's facing New England. Um I feel he has a great chance of having a comeback game. I think if you have to start him, you should, but if you have there's probably better options. All right, so we're about a 50-50 here, so we're going to move forward to Naeem Hines. We talked about him a little bit earlier in the show. He is facing Green Bay, which allowed the second highest points to running backs. What are we doing, Naeem Hines? I'm I think still sitting this dude. <laughs> I'm sitting Naeem Hines. I mean, you got to think that in most leagues, we're all close and we're all pushing for playoffs. Like, you are trying to play your safest guys, and Naeem Hines is probably the furthest from the safest running back that you could possibly start. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting him pretty confidently. Yeah, I'm a sit. He's the All Justin right. Jefferson of running backs, and he's not giving you the insane games that Justin Jefferson was giving you. He's he's just too unpredictable right now. I'd say he gives you another week this week. If he pops off this week, you might be able to trust him rest of the season, but right now, like, I need to see it. All right, so now let's go to... Chase Edmonds against Seattle. They they allow the 15th highest points to running backs. Are we starting Chase Edmonds? I think Kenny Drake coming back really hurt his production. And uh, I don't really like either one of those guys going forward. I think I'm sitting Chase Edmonds. I'm starting Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I'm going to start Chase Edmonds and... Uh, sit Kenyon Drake or Drake actually Kenyon you're sitting Drake. Drake yeah I'm a sit for both 
Oh, interesting. I'm actually a start for both. So I was actually going to bring up Kenya Drake next, but let's get right into him at the same time. I'm starting both as long as you don't have both. I, I think they're fair. both going to be fantasy relevant against Seattle. It's a high-powered offense, and I both think they can do okay for you. That's fair enough. Yeah. All right, that should end the sit-start part of the show. Let's go on to our locks of the week. All right, the lock of the week is the guy who you are sure is going to be amazing. So let's start with Kaz. Who is your lock of the week? Uh, I think it's going to be Julio Jones. I think that given that how bad the – oh. Everything okay? All right. Uh, sorry, Scam. sorry. It's going to be <laughs> – Yeah, it's going to be Justin Jefferson. Sorry. It's going to be Justin Jefferson this week against the really struggling Cowboys defense. Justin Jefferson, he has these pop-off games, and I think that today or Sunday is going to be another one for him. All right. Nizi, who is your lock of the week? Keenan Allen, he's facing the Jets, who allow the 24th most points to wide receivers. I think he is going off. I'm even going for a two-plus touchdown game for Keenan Allen. All right. I'm going to hold you to that one. Uh, Let's hear Cam's. Uh, On that note, my lock of the week is Justin Herbert. Um, He's facing the Jets. And, again, like I said, he's having a record-setting rookie year. Uh, he should see a connection with all of his weapons. I think I think he's going to be a great this week. All right, and then finally, my lock of the week is going to be Russell Wilson. Uh, after a very bum week, he's facing the Cardinals. Like we said earlier, he's going to be electric, and he's going to be the Russ that we know and love. So I think Russell Wilson's going to be your guy to get you back up in those uh, mid-20s points. And that pretty much does it for our show. We are going to now step into the beer review. Haven't forgotten that we are drinking Jam Up the Mash by Collective Arts Brewing during the podcast here. And uh, let's start out with Neezy's review of this. I'm going to go four out of five. I thought this beer was excellent. It was very sour, which I'm a big fan of. Also had a nice hoppy flavor to it. I really, really enjoyed this beer. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. Um, I will give this a four out of five, and I'm not really a sour guy. This is just really enjoyable to drink. Uh, the fruity notes are like all over the place immediately, which I like a lot more. <coughs> and the tartness isn't so much where it, it's like your tongue is running away from it. it uh, it's really, really good. Cam, what do you think? Uh, I'm pretty much the same. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's a... It is quite sour, but I'm a fan. I'm I'm giving it a four and a four to five. Yeah, I'm giving it a three point five, three point seven five, maybe. It's uh it's a mild sour. It's not quite yeah, it's not really attacking you really hard. It did have a fair bit of grapefruit, which is I'm not a big grapefruit guy, and that might be just detracting from its rating in general for me. And uh there was even like a grassy hop on the on the end of it. Did you guys get some of that? 
Yeah, a little bit. Um, it reminded me of like the first time I ever tried an IPA, and <laughs> that, that normally would have scared me away. But like I said, there was just so much flavor uh, accompanying with it that it just kind of tasted like tart and delicious at the same time. Yeah, I definitely got. I've been trying to put my finger on the fruit, what fruit it has been this entire time, and grapefruit sounds about right. I would say it's good stuff. All right, well, everyone can thank Cam for the beer choice this week. And that averages out to about a 3.8, 3.9 out of 5, which is a really good score for us. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening to Sit, Start, Drink, the Fantasy Football Podcast, a beer review show where we mostly talk about fantasy football. So I hope we uh, gave you guys some good advice, and you guys can use that advice to get those W's into the playoff run. Best of luck to all of you guys.